Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today I'm blessed again to have Linda Howe on the show. Uh, We interviewed and we're giggling about it because it was exactly a year ago. I mean, it was posted on January 26th. This one will be posted on January 27th. Her We interviewed her first on her third book, which was called Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, Taking Your Life from the Ordinary to the Extraordinary. And if you haven't heard that interview, it is amazing. So go back, listen to that. Uh, I did say that we were going to have her back, and I never had her back. And then all of a sudden, she re-released her second book, which that is what we're going to talk about today. It's Healing Through the Akashic Records, Using the Power of Your Sacred Wounds to the Discover Your Soul's Perfection, which really great book, Linda. And welcome to the show again. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. And it's it's particularly exciting that our our timing, we're like right on schedule, right? (laughs) We're just going to have to make it a yearly thing. I I know. (laughs) It's like, okay, let's do this. But but it's great to be here. And I'm very, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's exciting to be with you and to be with your listeners. Thank you. You're welcome. So why did you re-release the second book? I mean, it's a powerful book and I totally get it, but what were your reasons? Because there was, it seems like, um, I mean, you mentioned that it was one of your favorite books. Oh, I love this book. I, <laughs> all, right, all right, let's just be real clear about this. I love this. And and the reason I love it is, is because in my own experience, I was, you know, I was looking, you know, on the path, I'm going along my path, and I'm looking for ways to support my personal growth and transformation, right? Like, how do I get out of these, you know, like, ugh, like these yucky old patterns of being a victim and all these things, right? Just, and, and so along the way, this whole um, understanding was revealed to me through my own, right, because really is in, um, in response to my own personal needs, right, for healing. And I have found it incredibly helpful. I mean, it's really changed my life. And one of the reasons, you know, we, um, it's now out in, the book is now out in paperback. Um, I think when it first came out, I I mean, it was it was wonderful. And it came after the you know, my first book was how to read the Akashic Records. And I'll tell you what, when that came out, I thought, oh, I've got the method, I can just put my feet up, right? I'm done (laughs) on my spiritual path. Well, little did I know the um, the the obstacles I was, uh, you know, and the and the burdens I was dragging around with me. And as I moved along in my path, uh, the healing, the healing work came through. Part of the reason it's it's uh, being re-released now um, 
which is very exciting to me is, you know, a lot of people were looking at my newest book, my third book, Discover Your Soul's Path. And so many people came back to me and reported that they they wanted to, you know, the third book is all about effective, um, inspired participation in the world. Right. So that's what that's all about. And so many people came back to me and said, you know, I keep I keep stumbling over these unresolved personal issues and and hence. Right. Hence the re-release of of healing through the Akashic Records, because it really addresses from a spiritual perspective the issue. How do I get from I mean, who wants to be a victim? None of us want to be a victim. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this sense of persecution and feeling like I'm so wounded? How do I get from there to a place of um, good enough wholeness and wellness so that I can step out into the world? And that's what this is all about. Right. Now, that makes perfect sense because it's true. The the the, the third one was a deeper spiritual yeah, it was. I I love both of them. I haven't read your first one, but I love both of them. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to the first one next oh, right, year. Right, right. That's what. Hey, listen. Everything in its perfect time. <laughs> we are nonlinear beings, Laurie. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so one of the big things that you learned while you were writing this book was about perfection, and you know, it's funny because we talk about that that's what we're, that is our aim. And, you know, there's always this aspect, of course, that our soul already tells us that we are perfect. We are perfect. Everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. And, you know, we are perfect beings. We are this perfect, you know, spiritual essence of who we are. Like we're, we are perfect, but I get where, and this is, and it confuses me too, because there was a while there where we were doing all this work and we were thinking that, you know, we would heal everything. And then we were having all of these spiritual leaders pass on us. And it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they're, they did all their work and yet they're still passing from cancer and from, you know, all the things like what's going on, wait a minute. So it was, it's interesting. I mean, it's a it's a confusing because we think, you know, this is what we're supposed to do is that we're supposed to do all this work and do all our shadow work and, you know, do all this stuff. Right. 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 Well, this is you know, I love the way you describe this because it really illustrates the conundrum. Mm. Right. And I believe the the fundamental spiritual paradox. And that is, you know, really at the level of our soul, we're perfect. There's just that is and and people who are awakening, you know, we have a sense of it like the possibility of this thing of expressing our perfection. It's very real to people who are sensitive and awakening. So and it's true. What is also true here on the earth plane is that we are mere mortals and as a result of that, we are, we're naturally flawed. And there's, and that is, it's completely true. And so the, the challenge is, how do I, how do I live my life? How is it possible that I'm perfect and imperfect, that I'm mortal and immortal, that I'm, right, um, 
you know, infinite and finite. Now, what in the heaven's name is going on here? <laughs> so that is the conundrum. Now, what I learned from my records is, so I'm working my records really with this challenge because it's, I'm baffled, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone I know, we're all baffled. We're all like working like Trojans to, to achieve some kind of perfection. And, and yet our very best efforts are not, we're not getting there. (laughs) Are we getting better? Yes, we're getting better. But are we reaching this thing called perfection? No, we're not. So here's what a few things have been brought to my attention. First is that the challenge of a human being, like one of the purposes of the soul's journey through time as human, is to to have this um, simultaneous awareness of, of infinite perfection at the level of soul and, you know, finite imperfection at the level of human and to relinquish all judgment on that condition, right? Mm-hmm. So the challenge is how do I know and honor that I am as a spiritual being whole, perfect, and complete while there is, well, I don't have a lot of evidence, right? <laughs> the, the evidence is telling me something else. How do we negotiate that? So that's the first thing. And then, and it takes us lifetimes to reconcile this. I mean, I know there are some people who are enlightened and they've already achieved whatever. And this is, and, and I'm grateful for them because they're opening the way for the rest of us. But but the fact of the matter is, for most of us, this is a process of, you know, it's it's an ongoing process of awakening to deeper, greater truths. And it takes more than one lifetime. Okay, I get I just I just want to say now, can I just say I've noticed this, you know, most of most of the people I know have been here a lot. Okay, but here's the other thing. And this is a very exciting idea. So I would go into my I'm in my records, right? And I at the time I was working on this book, um, our son was I mean, he's a little guy and he oh, my heavens, you know, he's a real creative character. So and what that means is he's like an exciting person, but he's not easy to parent. Right. (laughs) You know, he's got his own. He came in with his own plan. Right. Anyway, so this is so the question, you know, so this is going on and my father is dying. And I mean, all this, you know, life, just real life, ordinary life is happening around me. And I have. You know, as most of us in the spiritual community have, we really do have high standards for ourselves. We, like, I really would like to be part of the solution and not the problem. And, you know, I want to contribute to the presence of kindness and respect in my family and my friends and like this. But, you know, under all the pressures of life, I have a short fuse. (laughs) All right. Here's the truth. So I go into my records and I'm like, what in, um, I, you know, I, I just keep failing. And no matter what I would bring to my records, the response was always the same. And the response was, um, it's okay. We understand you're just human. 
And I thought, I'll tell you what, Lori, I thought something was wrong. I thought, why, why is this environment so accepting and, and understanding? See, I'm from the pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, you know, knock it off school of, of spiritual growth, which has, has not worked. But anyway, <laughs> I, I mean, other than that, it, it was great. But I thought this is something's wrong. I thought, why are they being so nice to me? And over a period of time, I learned that the kindness at, that was being extended to me, the understanding, the patience for my human frailties was actually giving me more of a sense of peace and acceptance than I anticipated. Mm. And in the state of acceptance, I found it happening naturally that, first of all, the pressure went down. And my behavior naturally improved, that it was in the space of understanding, you know, an appreciation for the challenges of the human journey. Yeah. I'm not talking about indulgence, you know, yeah. not, but, you know, but like, it's okay. Of course, you're under pressure. You'll do better tomorrow. Go easy like that. But what happened was things really started to change. And I began to learn how to treat myself with this same level of kindness and acceptance. And it just, it blew everything wide open. The other thing that has been so remarkable for me is this idea. See, I thought that the purpose of the spiritual path, here's what I thought. I thought the idea was, we would get perfect. I was mm -hmm. going to get perfect, Lori. Mm -hmm. And then and then I would like go out into the world and be wonderful. <laughs> yes. this, uh, this was my plan. You know, and the problem is, how am I going to get out there if I can't get perfect? Right. So what I learn in my records is the universe will use me even as I am learning, even when I am imperfect. Even when I make mistakes, the light of the universe will use me in whatever way it can. Even with no one in the universe is expecting perfection out of us. The point of the spiritual path is not perfection. It's usefulness. Mm. And, the un and life will use us even when we don't even we don't meet our own standards for perfection. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that blew my mind. I'm going to tell you, Lori, that blew my mind. It changed everything because see, now I don't have to wait. <laughs> right. I right. None of us we don't have to wait anymore. We can take our imperfect selves out there and and have have relationships with people and do do all the things we want to do, even though we don't yet meet our own standards for perfection. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting concept, right? Like there's so many people out there that say, oh, we can reverse aging and we can, you know, we can do all of these things. And then so we get in our minds that all of these things are possible and then we're just failures because we're not able to do them. And, you know, the, the law of attraction did that with the secret. I mean, there was just all of this stuff that was going on where we were trying to create this perfect image or this perfect world. And 
and then we'd feel like failures because we weren't able to do it. Well, right. Right. <laughs> and so so one of the things I have really I love the way you said that. Okay, so one of the things I've looked at is like, wait a second. Everyone I know um, has has sustained wounds yeah. in the course of their lives. We all have. Everybody. So then we look into history and we see since, you know, since we stood up on two feet and we could pick up a stick or a rock, we've been clobbering each other. I mean, human, it's part <laughs> of the human, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but let's, this is the facts, right? But, but, the, but see, so here we are as human beings we are always, you know, we trip over each other. We say foolish things. We, uh, you know, we're, we're always generating some kinds of harm or right, whatever, distress to ourselves and others. I mean, it's what happens. It's not personal, yeah. right? However, what the records suggest is that in this, okay, so we understand we all have wounds, we all have, right? We've all had, the old idea of the wound was that if we were wounded, it was evidence that we were sinners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. It was like, oh, there Karma. you go. You deserve it. You must yeah. have been a real rat your last life. Okay. <laughs> so because we're enlightened, right? We're awakening. We say, oh, if you've been wounded, it's evidence that your thinking isn't right or you're not evolved or you're not awakening. Well, the pattern either way is this. As human beings, we have been using our, our wounds, those injuries we've sustained over the course of our human existence as evidence of our unworthiness and, and like kind of cramming that into whatever the belief structure is at the time. Well, son of a gun, <laughs> what if, so the records raise a new question, right? What if there is a, there is a value? Is it a purpose? I don't know. But is there, what about the value that the opportunity of the wound is to either use it as a weapon against ourselves and other people, or perhaps the the it, the wound itself is the portal through which we travel to learn how to love ourselves unconditionally and to love others the same unconditional is a very heavy word hmm. you know it means no matter what just so you know i'm going to use that quote in one of my blogs <laughs> Because I loved, I loved what you said, because it's so, it's so key to understanding like, this whole bit about, you know, so many people saying, Oh, well, you don't love yourself. And, you know, you need to you need to be more unconditionally loving. And it's like, what is what does that even look like? Do you know what, Lori? I want to tell you. I know. I know. Is this? I'll tell you what. I remember one time. This is a long time ago. I went for a reading, right? And this woman is in front of me, and she's very like holy and whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, she really was like a. You know, she was like a high priestess yeah, kind yeah. of a gal. I mean, but she really was, and I'm there, right? Because because I'm in. You know, I need help here. Yeah. Right. I have to tell you something. This woman. So she, whatever. The long and short of it is. I sat there and she yelled at me, oh, no. you've got to love yourself. But see, I don't, what does that even mean? And that, like, what is that really? So I thought, of course, I thought it meant to get manicures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, I'm in. You know, I like a good manicure. But you know what I'm saying? I didn't understand it. And clearly she didn't either. She wouldn't have been yelling at me. (laughs) All right, let's just go there. But that's another story. So, so, but, so, so in this process that's, you know, it's a whole protocol that's presented in the book. Um, We move from the idea of self-love to the unconditional self-love is the highest spiritual practice on the face of the earth. We are here to learn how to actively love, to extend to ourselves kindness, respect, mercy, appreciation, as the divine loves us. Okay, and we don't know how to do this. So first of all, we have to lower our standards for ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's and I don't mean this. I don't think it's. I just mean let's take some of the pressure off. You know, people. Of course, we don't know how to do it. Did I mean I don't know about your parents, Lori, but my parents. Did they know how to do this? No. <laughs> no. I come from a long line of people who say you better not think too much of yourself, Missy. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. But this is the first time in human history that we are looking at what does it mean for individual human beings to love themselves. And it's not a smarmy, emotionally gooey um, idea. It's like what it really means is can I get on my own side when I fall? Can I be the one who helps pick myself up? You know, these yeah. are the practices. So so in the records, I found like what. So so the idea, the sentiment was like, no matter what I would, you know, I'd be like, oh, God, I yelled at my kid again or I was short with my sister. or I didn't understand something or whatever I did. Right. I would be in my records and I would be awash with this sense. It's OK. These things happen. You didn't mean it. Because, and then, which led me to a whole other, like, exploration, which, which I never, you know, I never anticipated. This is so out of my comfort zone. (laughs) But it really, you know, it is, right? So the next piece of the puzzle, it's fascinating, right, in the records, is, is that really, at this, I mean, at the soul level, Everyone loves themselves. There isn't even anything. Self-sabotage is a myth. Everyone loves themselves. This is the truth. And the question becomes, how do I love myself? I mean, it's easy when we're light beings and we're floating around out there. But how do I do it here when I have a mortgage? Right. How do I do it here when I have a teenager? How do we how do we express how do we how can we be the incarnation of love as human beings to ourselves and and the people in our lives? This is a whole different animal. Um, You know, I. And so what I've learned, like working the records, people are like, oh, I know I did this because I hate myself. Well, right. I mean, we all like we've been convinced that we hate ourselves. People don't hate themselves. And no one ever gets up and says, today's the day I'm going to ruin my life. (laughs) No one says that. I don't care who they are. So what? And I don't care what they're doing. Everyone. So here's the thing. The first, you know, the first idea is 
everyone is good. Everyone is composed of love. Everyone. There are no exceptions to that. Okay. The next thing is that everyone is always doing their best. Right. And, and doing their best in terms of, I mean, we all want to feel loved. So the question is, how does... How does this help me to experience love? So, you know, then then I came upon, you know, the old healing question I used to ask, my, my favorite question, you know, I, my, my default is self-pity. So I would be like, why me? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I want you to know that is the least empowering question I could ever ask. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all done it many, many and times. We've all done it. It's a great question. It's popular, right? Popular question. All right. But... In the records, the question that was like, like came into my awareness was, is there any way this hardship, this error, this insanity, whatever we're all facing different things, right? Is there any way this is helping me to love myself more? Because see, we would only find ourselves in treacherous straits if somehow... It was the most loving thing we could do for ourselves because we are always looking for, like, how can I have a greater experience of love? Right. And, and we see it, you know, we see it at every level of society, right, in every, every walk of life. This is like a driving, it is a driving um, a question, right, right, that people, we all have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, it's such a powerful thing because I think, you know, when we realize our sacred wounds, like I, I love that you've called them sacred wounds because they are, you know, that makes it feel like it's not some, you know, thing hanging over our head all the time. And, you know, most, most healers, especially in, you know, in the, I'm going to say, in the last few years, things have changed a lot. And certainly my perspective about, you know, it's more about acceptance. It's not so much about healing, fixing, changing. But for a while there, everybody was about healing, fixing, changing, right? And, you know, you so you kept thinking, oh, but haven't I already dealt with this? Like, haven't, like, when is my abandonment issue finally going to go? Like, haven't I already dealt with this like a million times? Well, yeah, because it is my sacred wound. And it is also the thing when I feel abandoned, it's because I think somebody has left or has passed or, you know, it's somebody else where if I can <laughs> learn that, it's all about me and how much I can love and accept and be grateful for who I am as this, you know, incredible being. That's what the sacred wound is teaching me. Like, I know that. Yes. But we get well, see, I think like what you, you know, what you um, bring to our attention here is really helpful because for many years, in the collective, right, we were convinced that we could, first of all, we were convinced that we needed to be fixed and changed. Yes. Okay, let's start there. <laughs> then we believed that we could do it with the forces of our will. Yes. And what we found out <laughs> is that while it is true at the spiritual level, infinite, eternal, immortal, at the human level, 
We saw our parents die. We saw friends get sick and die. We saw people doing affirmations on their way into surgery and never come out. We have. So the question is, did they do something wrong? (laughs) No, it raises the question, wait a second. Maybe our understanding is incorrect because everyone and I and I know, you know, this too, Lori, the people that I know, they, they couldn't work any harder. I know. They couldn't like <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, you know, like it just the exhaustion, the exasperation, the sense of futility and despair and then the awareness that the wound Right, whatever. And we all have like a primary wound, whether it's the self-abandonment, betrayal, um, you know, I mean, there are there are core wounds, right, that we have that what it is, is not enough. Yeah, the, right. right. The sacred opportunity. Yeah. Because and the idea is not again, if we go back to what is the purpose of the spiritual quest, it is not to achieve some idea of human perfection. It is to to actually allow ourselves to love and to be loved even while we're humanly imperfect. Yeah. And that is terrifying for most of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. That, that's very right? true. I mean, right. it really is. It's like, well, I'm going to get it together. Then I'll love full out. Yes. Well, no, we don't have time. And to love ourselves. I mean, most of us see the idea that we could accept and really allow for our imperfections. This is a new idea. You know, as religions have collapsed, you know, I mean, religions <laughs> So many, you know, certainly here in the West, I mean, actually all over the world, yeah. religions basically say, listen, you're really imperfect. You're basically screwed and spend your whole life trying to get better so you can have a nice afterlife. I mean, there's some version of that. Yeah. So, but see, the assumptions, that was the, those were the highest thoughts we had about ourselves. And so we, we made up these religions to reinforce that because that was That's really, that was our human self-perception individually and collectively. And as it's changing, the religions are just, you know, they're, they're just falling apart. And these new possibilities are like, wait a second, what if, what if the real spiritual truth is that I am here to the sacred opportunity. The wounds are sacred. There are many approaches to wounds, you know, therapeutic, physical, I mean, many. But the spiritual understanding of core wounds is their sacred nature. We would not have them unless they were somehow the gateway to our spiritual awakening. So the question is, can I allow myself to love and be loved, even though I'm riddled with abandonment? Well, I'll give it my best shot. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I have to say that that trigger isn't quite as much as it was. So there obviously has been a certain aspect of acceptance. But when I lost my, um, my cat in October, and it because it was so unexpected, I that you know that was like nope I can't <laughs> I was not ready I you know that was it was well it did something to me it 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 definitely helped me heal something but it was so painful so when my little girl came around <laughs> that was you know that was maybe a bit of a distraction 
because <laughs> she's so cute. But, you know, it allowed me also to, I don't know, like a lot of people said that when, when, when Jasper left, it was like I softened a great deal. So I don't know what that meant, but I guess it meant that I, I really couldn't avoid feeling this one. So I think yes. part of that is is an important process because we do distract ourselves. We do, you know, do all sorts of addictions to, you know, get us out of that place of really, truly feeling. Of course we do. Right. Who in their right mind <laughs> wants to feel some of these uncomfortable? I mean, they're not uncomfortable. Isn't that a night? That's a very sanitized word. Some of the feelings that heart break, the despair, the void. I mean, there are all of those kinds of words. Um, no one in their right mind wants to feel those. But um, as we know, this is, it is by how do I love myself even though I feel completely empty? Right. Can I sit with myself when I feel like my heart is broken into a thousand pieces or I feel like the biggest victim chump that ever lived <laughs> and I'm like oozing, right? I've got shame coming out of my eyeballs. How do I, can I sit with myself then? Because see, the next piece of this, the truth is, as I allow I think one of the things that in the collective we've really um, shifted on, or we're shifting on, we're in the shift, is that we cannot control everything. The point is not control. Only people who are afraid want to control. Right. And, you know, that's where fixing, healing, changing comes in, right? right? But so once we get it that the world is, the world is a, it's a good place, it's a safe place, you know, that the cosmic universe, it's, it's good. As the more we understand that the, the universe is a loving um, environment, then, the, then we can relinquish this idea that we have to control everything. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I, I know that we've already talked about it, but the, like the three stages of healing that you talked about. And I think the biggest lesson really is there's this story of what we think is happening. But the biggest lesson is that it's not really happening to us. It's just happening. Like if, if we stop taking it personally, feel like, I mean, there was no way that I couldn't feel the grief, feel the grief. But I mean, it's not like he left me personally. He didn't, he had his own journey. It was part of his journey. And yes, it was partly to help me as well. But it wasn't that he was doing something to me. It wasn't that it was personal to me. It was just part of what happens in life. Well, see, this is what a great, this is a great idea, Lori, that this, that to move from the idea that we are being personally penalized <laughs> by life. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we're not. It's our interpretation. So, so the cat dies, you know, we love the cat, the cat dies. Is this personal? No, but are you having a personal experience of it? Yes. yes. So so we see this, but to begin to tease out, there are, um, there are experiences that human beings have had since we came to the planet. These experiences, we 
where we have choice is in how will I interpret this? How I interpret this is based on my fundamental belief in whether life is good, whether life is like loves me or, you know, doesn't like me too much, right? (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So once that, but see where, where we have power is in our interpretation and understanding. Do we have power over the death of the cat? No. Do we have power over the loss of people we love? Not really. I mean, you know, we just don't. And and it's not, you know, to, to begin to, to stop taking these things so personally. Like the object of life is not to beat the dealer. <laughs> I have to tell you something. I woke up one day. I have to, I'm 62 years old, right? I look in the mirror, I'm like, who is that old woman? And how did that happen to me? What's she doing in my clothes? You know, like, how did this happen? Like, I'm offended that I am in the swim of the aging process. It's like, wait, it's not personal. Then I meet with my friends. You know, when I look at my friends, I'm like, God, they all got so old. What happened to them? And then then somebody takes a picture. I'm like, oh, my God, we all got. But it's not it is not an indictment. Right. You see, no one's done anything wrong. Right. So, I I mean, to me, these things, you know, they all feed this acceptance, this deep acceptance, which is, you know, in the three stages of of transforming our relationship with the wound from from weapon, right, to uh, to access point of divine consciousness. You know, the first thing is the awareness. Right. And the second is the acceptance without judgment. Right. The except because pretending that things haven't happened will make us crazy. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. We push them down in the unconscious and then they just keep coming back because I know. <laughs> Hello? they want to get out. They're like, <laughs> let me out of here. <laughs> yep. Yes. And then and then, of course, appropriate action. What is an appropriate action I can take to express the the real truth, the highest truth. How do I love myself when I've been, I mean, we've all been victims, right? It's like, don't, this is not something. And you know, in the culture, like, ugh, we hate victims. They're (laughs) awful. But the fact is until it's okay with me to be a victim, I am stuck in the victim cycle. Right. The challenge is, not to rearrange externals, but to love myself, even though, oh my heavens, I did it again. <laughs> like, I think that's, I I think that's a Britney that. Spears song. <laughs> Oops. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway, yes, it's true, though. I mean, but anyway, yes. These these are the these are the things and these are the wonderful, I think, though, you know, one of the wonderful things about the time we're in and you see it. I mean, you've identified it so well, Lori, is that that the movement itself, it's self-correcting. See, whereas before we thought the object of the game was to seize control and fix and change everything and all of this. And when we found out we couldn't do that, I was like, oh, that's not working. And we're all miserable. (laughs) Wait a second. That's not the point. So let's turn the right. We're going to turn the ship around a little here. The movement, the human consciousness 
in the search for the experience of loving experiences, we naturally self-correct. So, so we can relax. Everyone's going to self-correct. Right. And it's, and we are watching it happen. Right. And it is, I mean, that is what is pretty amazing about these times because we've really completely shifted what our expectations were and what our motivation is. Right. We, right. Yeah. So, okay. So we have these sacred wounds and so, you know, the first part is really about understanding them and our relationship with ourselves and, you know, we get into self-acceptance. I like the one about choice because it's, you know, it's really that that brought up the, the interesting point that I wanted to talk about, which was, um, I mean, you you had a an important healing when you came to understanding about your your father's passing and how your family was all reacting. And then the other, the other example that you brought up that was really powerful was about, um, you know, somebody being an alcoholic and choosing to be an alcoholic in this life and then choosing not to, or to stop, um, using that as an addiction. But it's interesting because both are completely perfect for what we're learning or for what we are here it's it's part of our sacred wound. It's part of us discovering, you know, our self-love and perfection. It's not so much that we have to stop these addictions. We we just have to recognize. I mean, obviously, we can stop. And if it's something that truly isn't part of helping us, but if it allows us to get to that point, to that place where we say, wait a minute, this isn't loving me. What can I do that will help me love myself more? But both, but understanding that both places are still perfect, if yes. that's the right word. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So I just briefly, okay. So like in this situation with, I'm second of eight. Okay. Get your mind yeah, I was pretty that. surprised okay. reading that. <laughs> you know, five sisters, plenty of karma. That's what I always say. Anyway. <laughs> I was I, I very ambitious life. Anyway, so so during my father's, uh, you know, the the final years of his life, um, oh, I was in I was in real agony because what I wanted to do was I wanted everyone to participate and do whatever, you know. I had this plan, right? And no one no one wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you have it. But I could not, I mean, it's, it, okay, so first I had to let go of my plan for how everyone was supposed to be, okay? Then I had to trust, but what I saw, what I learned in the records, this was so helpful, is that everyone in the family had their own relationship with him. And every, my job was not to give them a hard time about what they weren't doing. My job was to dignify and honor the relationships they each had. My relationship with my father was what it was, as was everyone. These were individual relationships. There was no like group relationship that I, that I was not there to enforce it. It's not my job. And it was so liberating and it was so beautiful for me to recognize how like my dad like uh, the center of the center of his own solar system right mm -hmm. surrounded by his children 
and like different planets, everyone had a different relationship with him. It, it blew my mind. Yeah. It was so fabulous, do you know? So, but while I was in that, like trying to force everyone to do my plan, right? Was that, was there malice behind that? No, it was the best idea I had. <laughs> Right. I wasn't intentionally trying to make everybody mad. I really wasn't. I just didn't know any better. And once I got it, it was like, and that was good, too. So at no point along the way, is it appropriate to say, I was a real idiot. (laughs) I can say I, you know, I'm a terrible person. That's not true. What is true is that there were things I did not yet know. And I was operating in ignorance. And consequently, my choices were limited. That's the truth. Okay. The same thing, like even with addictions, I mean, God, and God knows there's so many good ones, you know, (laughs) smoking cigarettes. I mean, you know, I've loved a few myself, chocolate. I don't care what it is. You know, there, there's, there's, you know, substances, there's behavioral addictions. There's so many addictions, but the fact is the purpose of every addiction, the only reason anyone is an addict is because, see, every choice we make, every selection, is our best idea at the point of origin. Okay, so the reason I would smoke to smoke cigarettes or whatever I would do, right, drink, it doesn't matter. The reason I would do that is because it was the best idea I had to feel loved, mm or as close to love as I could tolerate, right? Because we know addictions, I mean, the you know, at some point in every addiction, there's a point where things backfire <laughs> and they go down the gurgler. But on the way to that, and even in that, even in the demise, there are many people, the question is, how do I love myself when, I, you know, when I can't stop? Can I love myself anyway? Can I know that the the divine reality of life loves me, even though I've like smoked three packs of cigarettes today or whatever it is. Okay. That's, and the other thing is like when we're surrounded by people who are addicts, which, you know, it is very easy. I mean, it's the world is full of them. It's just no brainer. But the question is not, can I love them? Don't worry about that. I want to, can I love myself even though I cannot make this other person stop. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the real question. Okay. And what it does is it breaks up the dynamic. All right. It breaks up the tension between the two of us. And for me to actually honor and respect, you know, some people are not going to sober up. Right. Some people are here to actually... Who knows why, right? Like some lifetimes are like that. Some lifetimes we're here to like, can I love myself even though I never got off the couch? Well, some lifetimes are like that. (laughs) I mean, we want to, that's what I love about the records. I know this is kind of a funny thing, but the more I understand, you know, like, oh, wait a second. There are, the goal here. Is not, you know, like we're going to even the score. Good life, bad life. Good choices, bad choices. No, it's like growing into, can I love myself? Can I love myself when I'm a success? Can I love myself when I'm a failure? Can I just be in this state of like, um, 
kind consideration and appreciation for myself, no matter what's happening in the outside world. See, this is, and this takes, so we grow from lifetime to lifetime. Some lifetimes it's like, gosh, can I love myself? Even though I'm a drug dealer, can I love, I mean, who knows? There, but see, every action, we, every pattern we ever set, right, through our initial choices um, and selections is, is designed, we choose, we make these choices based on the understanding that this is something that will help us to feel more love. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. We are not stupid. Human beings are not knuckleheads. Sorry. So, I had a so there I have it, Laurie. <laughs> I had a mouthful of tea when you said that. It almost came out onto the computer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you understand. But, yeah. but, but you say, yes. And that's, you know, so much of it in our relationships with other people, which is this, you know, a, a, big part of the book, you know, is that um, our conflicts with other people, this is the path to peace. Right. And, and the first element is, can I love myself even though I cannot resolve this conflict? Right. But that's an important question, right? It's a, it's a $50 million question, yeah. especially if you've been to all the workshops I've been to, which are just, <laughs> if you would just do everything right, that person would change. Right, of course. If you change, then they will change. All of you, that stuff. They may not change. Yep. <laughs> because it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's not personal. It's not our journey. It's theirs. Well, everybody's <laughs> entitled, but to recognize that every path is a path of divine awareness. See, I, for a while I was like, all right, it has nothing to do with me, but you know, I'm on a better path because I think I'm spiritual. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, no, 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 Missy. <laughs> Everyone, right, that everything, everything here on earth is spiritual. Right. There's no way around it. It's not like this is spiritual and that isn't. Every, every everything everything that's that's here everything in physical form every activity everything is spiritual and every activity every engagement is an opportunity to become more conscious that there is a divine spark within us and not only that but that everyone else on the planet has the same divine spark. No one gets here without a divine spark. Right. There are no exceptions to that, right. which I'll tell you at different times I have found that hard to believe. <laughs> I'm, well, like, I'm in there. I'm like, really? Really? And that's the one thing about the forgiveness thing that I really liked. I'm not sure that we're going to have enough time to do this. So you are definitely going to have to come back in, I don't know, March, maybe April, but we are going to have to do this because there's a couple of big things that I still want to talk about. But while we're at that place, why don't we talk about the fact that, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, there are times when the apology plays no part in it, that we are, it's not about, you know, it's not about them and what they're doing and how we feel, you know, that they're doing something to us because that's not the point. The point is, well, one, we're not necessarily going to get that apology and that's you know that doesn't matter because it's not about them apologizing it's about us understanding our 
responsibility of ourselves, not about them. We can't be responsible for them. We can't change them. We can't fix them. We can't heal them. We can only be responsible for ourselves and how we respond to things. And, and as you beautifully say, you know, sometimes we just can't get over some of the things that happen, but that's okay because we're human. And that's the paradox of this beautiful planet. Yes. But that, that we, you know, we don't necessarily get the, like the apology is not the important part. Right, it's not the point. That is like, that is so not the point. <laughs> okay. Cause here's the thing. Okay. There, you know, when it comes to dealing with, so, so part of it is, is really this fundamental acceptance that the people, people can have some really horrific behavior yeah. and the terrible things happen. Yeah. Okay. This is we're not we're not going to do this Pollyanna craziness, right? That's we're not going to do that. We're going to say yes. Somebody burned the house down, and it was really terrible. Okay. Or somebody These was things, raped, or I mean, there's lots. It of happens, stuff, right? There's right? like all kinds of everything yeah. from okay, abuse of a million kinds, right? And these are very real. So the first thing is to really accept this happened. Right. I was assaulted and I am, I am outraged. I am so angry. I'm going to explode. See, see, we don't want to pretend we're not. It's, we want to accept that as human beings, we respond to things that happen and to have compassion for ourselves. We need to be authentic, right? We, this, the authentic. We need to be authentic and the opportunity is to relinquish the judgments Okay, so if I'm spiritual, I think it's bad to be angry. Right. Right. The problem is the fire goes inside and God help the person who like says hello to me because I will just (laughs) torch them. Right. And not even know why. Right. Not even know like, what was that? What did I just do? Okay. So what we want to do is really make peace with the reality of our experience. This really happened. And this is how I'm responding to it. Okay, then from there, what will ease it, if anything will ease the blow, whatever form the blow has taken, what it is, is acceptance. Now, the other person, listen, don't worry about forgiving them. We are, like what I realized, I'm not God. It is not my job to forgive people. It just is not my job. So, I mean, for me, this was a great relief because I thought, oh, my God, I have to forgive. I don't forgive. But but to really accept, to accept this really happened. It was really terrible. Now, here comes the thing. Can I love myself even though I could not stop whatever it was, the abuse, the rape, the assault, getting hit with the frying pan, Right. Like the the nasty talk, you know, like people say mean things to each other. Can I love myself even though I could not prevent this, right? Modify it, redirect it. That is, so the person that needs our love and care is the person living in our own heart. The other person I mean, just leave them. See, I trust that's their path. I mean, and now I'm not, I don't want to be, we don't want to be foolish and say, oh, who cares? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying leave them to deal with their own stuff. And, and, and the healing, the transformation is to stop 
trying to fix someone else or to extract from them something they don't have. The person who would, right, you know, be abusive is not the person normally, I'm not saying never, is normally not the person who will offer an apology. My healing does not require the acknowledgement of of wrongdoing on the part of the other person ever. Okay? Because the person who hits me with the frying pan is usually not the person who has the... Because, see, the only reason they're causing me harm, is it against me? Well, I'm having a personal experience of it. But they have the idea that if they cause me this particular harm, they will feel better. So it's not against me in at the level of intention. It is for them. We see this at the level of the individual, right? I will, you know, I don't know, throw you off the building because I need to get rid of you because you're ruining my life. (laughs) I'm very serious, right? And I'm going to feel so much better after you're gone. Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this really is, I know that's a very crude way to put it, but it is. Oh, come on. We've all thought it. <laughs> we've all thought it, but then there's, okay, so it's their best idea, but it's not their best idea for us. That person isn't thinking about us. They're thinking about how can I find an experience of peace and love within myself? Well, I'm just going to get you off the planet and everything will just be fine. Yeah. That's the driving. And then, but we also see this, I mean, if you want to like expand it, I mean, even, you know, I mean, oh, you know, throughout history, there have been so many like tyrants and I mean, some real, you know, some really terrible, you know, bad, bad things, you know, whether it's whether it's an Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin. I mean, people have been doing horrible things, but But the fact is, if we were to sit any of these guys down and say, why, why'd you do that? They would say, I had this great idea to make the world a better place. It just involved exterminating six million people. (laughs) No, but you know what I'm saying? No, like they They thought they were right. So the, at the level of intention, this is what's operating yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if that, I don't even remember your question. <laughs> <laughs> I just get going. But, but you know, it's, it's fascinating. It is. It's fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. Well, we are basically at our time. So we are going to definitely, I'm going to contact you immediately after this to book another, <laughs> another show okay. because we, there's so much I want to still talk about because it was a fascinating and great book. So I highly recommend if you have not read yet, Um, to go out and get Healing Through the Akashic Records Using the Power of Your Sacred Wounds to Discover Your Soul's Perfection by Linda Howe. Now, you have a PhD, which, I mean, you've done, like many of us, you know, we we really extensively go into, you know, trying to do the most we can to, to assist ourselves as well as to assist many people. And I, you know, I am thrilled that you are here and that you've done all this work and that you've, you know, you've really touched on some, I don't know, they're just some really core concepts. And yes, of course, it was your Akashic that helped you. But it's just this is powerful work that really can change the world. So thank you, Linda. 
Well, thanks so much, Lori. And I will come back and visit with you anytime. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to the News of the Heart. We've been getting to the heart of what matters, and we've been talking with Linda Howe, and we'll be back next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 